The Reef Therapy Podcast is powered by ICP Analysis. If you'd like to win a free saltwater ICP analysis kit and a freshwater analysis kit, all you have to do is leave a comment down below using the hashtag what's in your water. If you're listening to the audio only version, head on over to YouTube and you can enter in the comment section there. ICP Analysis will test over 50 elements down to parts per trillion. These tests can also be used to see if there's any undesirable elements in your aquarium as well. Register your aquarium on the ICP Analysis app, fill your sample, place it back into the bag, slap on that included postage, and have your results one to three days after it's received. More at icpanalysis.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Ladies Take Over. This evening, we have Chelsea and Jen. Unfortunately, Sarah could not be with us this evening because she was feeling under the weather. So we're sorry, Sarah. We miss you so much. And we'll see you next time. Um, but ladies, how was everybody's last week? Did you all do anything fun? Besides surviving the Arctic freezing cold? <laughs> it yeah, was it's been like negative 25 here. Yeah, it was, uh, I think uh, it was negative 17 was the high uh, during the Chiefs game where a lot of people were. I did not go, <laughs> but we won, so I, I'm all right with that. Um, but yeah, it's been cold. I think right now there's still like seven or eight inches. Oh, you guys um, got a lot of snow City. too. We didn't get any snow, not not where I am in Minnesota. You just got a cold blast. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, and doing tank moves or in a cold blast. <laughs> or shipping fish mm-hmm. or just going to get fish from the airport it was it's it was brutal but i can't really complain because it's winter like nine months out of the year so well at least you weren't dealing with ice that's, that's fair that is that's, fair. The, that's normally what i get but we just got the blast and no ice so i moved my tank moved actually tomorrow our stuff always like it's like rain then we get fluffy snow so it melts a little bit then it freezes mm-hmm. Then it does no on top. And then you're like, yo, it's safe out here. But it's really not. No. <laughs> Everybody out here. Well, um, North Carolina shuts well, down for fog. So. Really? Yeah, we had schools yeah. closed one day and it was just like a bad storm. Like it was just a storm. There was no snow. There was no ice. So whenever you guys are dealing with shipments and you're getting stuff in, I know that we've all had issues with either going to the airport with delayed flights and delayed deliveries. So what did you guys have to encounter during that bad weather when it came to getting animals in? Well, for for us, Jenny. I mean, we get like three to four shipments per week. So we actually decided we weren't going to ship out at all last week um, because it was too cold even the week before that. Um, it just, we couldn't keep the packages warm enough. I mean, cause it's like that, it's like that balance. You don't want to put like 18 heat packs in there so that they're super hot for a little while and then freezing cold. But I mean, it was, it was just really, really tough to keep everything, the temperature that we needed. So we chose not to, um, fish shipping in too. We had to do uh, a lot of, uh, a lot more acclimation, I guess, for temp acclimating because even here when they're sitting I mean, they're only sitting for a couple of hours, but it's cold. And so, I mean, the fish were coming in at like 65 to 70 degrees. And I mean, we had very minimal, minimal losses because we pushed a lot of things off. But I mean, and the delays were super frustrating. Yeah, I had the luxury to be able to push, 
you know, any orders that I need to do. So last week was only seahorses and I got those at first stop. So first stop. They oh, that's went in nice. That's and nice. they can take a little bit lower Good. temperature. So. So whenever you're dealing with seahorses and you're bringing them in, you're already having to acclimate them relatively slowly, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, they're they're going to run. Yeah. I run the sea a couple t- I have unfortunately a few seahorse tanks and I run them about 72. Is where I run those. Yeah. I know that they um they can be sensitive, but they can also be relatively hardy which a lot of people may not know. Like once you've got them established and you've got them eating regularly, they're actually like full. They're more of a species specific though, correct? Yeah. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't actually Mm -hmm. maintain any seahorse tanks. I have, I had Um, three at one point. (laughs) It requires a lot of like, just like thinking about like structure and stuff they can hold on to because they can get stuck. Yeah, I know. I do know that. And I mean, but yeah. they're just because they have the you know the little peck fins that are just like the little you know yeah, that's yeah. they have to expend so much energy finding food that they're just not really good, um, you know, just for a community obviously. So having them like that for uh, for me, I just chose not to have them at the store because so many people want them and then they just don't care for them properly. So I just chose not to. They're not my favorite. I, I would say, to- being that they're captive bred, if you can get them in. Not microscopic. You, uh, you use Alyssa. Say that one more time. Do you like to use Alyssa from Seahorse Savvy? Do you like to use Alyssa? We've used hers. Um, and then just coming in from like Carolina Aquatics is a close. Oh, yeah. Uh, I for know me. Chris I'm, really well. He's really Yeah, I'm cool. 15 minutes. I like him a lot. So he had some. Oh, 15 minutes from Chris? Yep. Jealous. Dude. You'll have to say hi to okay. him did, from, uh, from Did me. you not come to the I'll say that one more time. Did I miss you at the house? Uh, yeah, I was there. When I you think came? you guys had just left when I when I came. Ah, oh, I see. <laughs> I came a little bit later for, for Carolina oh. Aquatics, but yeah, Chris is fantastic. Um, my husband and him, uh, yeah, they. I mean, Scully talk obviously because he gets a lot of beautiful Australian stuff in, but um, yeah, he's super awesome. We got um, one of my clients, so she she had a batch that came in from. I think we got, I think hers were savvy the first round. They lived for almost five years, which was pretty good, I think. Um, And they got um, basically full, I think they're about five inches. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they had babies a couple times. She had about four of them in there. And, you know, old school was that you have a deep tank for seahorses. So it's hard to clean, you know, like you're getting up to like, your shoulder, elbow, and they don't like to move. Like you're trying to clean the tank and they're like, mm. so you have to be really Thank careful you. when you clean. Yeah. They're like, you can move around. Yeah. I'm always scared <laughs> I'm going to squish house, them. And if you're going to come in and clean it, I'm just going to sit here and watch you. Yeah. You know how like fish hide? The seahorses are like, oh, someone's coming. Food must be coming yeah, as that's well. Awesome. So it's the yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Um, it's better than the mean clownfish that come up and they're like, oh, hello, I'll just have this part of your arm because today yeah. that's the part I want to bite and eat and now you're bleeding. I'll take the flesh off the top <laughs> of your bite, hand. I bite flesh. Yeah. yeah. Dude. But they're angry clownfish. They're the worst. Yeah, they can be. I but, think the, the worst, I mean, we talked about that a little bit, I think, one time um, on an episode where we've had psycho clowns. 
I've had some that just wanted to launch out of the tank oh, yeah. just to bite people. Yeah. He did not care. Mm-hmm. There's some. I had, I had one, um, and she just actually passed away probably. She was at least 20 years old. And she would, I think it, we talked about it in a different um, one of our episodes, but she would, I, any coral, I would, I could glue it down. I could do whatever. She would just fan her tail to and, and roll it all the way down the, to the other side. Just like whatever was in her spot, that was her spot, nothing else. And she's like, you did not get approval for this. Um, I am not having this. And it's gone. And was she was relentless. <laughs> and my my client, this is actually really interesting. So my that clownfish went through like three different clients because you know after 20 years in the in the business you know this person gets out of the hobby so then we you know rehome it to this person i just did that with a sail fin so his name is murray and he's 30 years old and he's about this big and he's memorable to me because he gave me stitches one time when i was trying to catch a different fish and he got startled and i mean obviously that's why they call him surgeon fish with that sharp scalpel and here's me trying to catch a cleaner ass, bleeding in the tank. And then I'm like, oh, I'll just coral glue it shut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> coral uh, glue band-aid. I, you gotta yeah, my husband was hand. really unhappy because he's like, oh, the bacteria that can get in there, he's like, you're going to the I ended up with six stitches. Yeah. And so, I mean, and we just moved him to another home because the first, the first or the other three clients that have had this fish for the last 30 years – uh, they are moving out of state, so we ended back up with Murray, and so he just got rehomed to his forever home where he'll go forever. So, how big is his forever home if he's quite large? Like um, that? his forever home is only four hundred gallon, which um is not ideally, obviously, what I would love to see him in, like a zoo tank or a huge, really huge tank. But um, he was living the majority of his life in like a two hundred gallon tank. Um, so, I mean, usually it's quite a bit bigger and the people that are taking care are that like they're his forever parents, I guess they love him. So like he gets all like specialty foods, they had feed him, seaweed, egg. so it's, it's actually really perfect to have him there. Oh, that's good. So he got like good forever home parents. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. That's a really big deal. Whenever they're older like that, you know. They, you can see how varying their diet up really makes a difference as certain fish get bigger, especially tangs, because you start to see coloration, start to struggle. They can fade depending on what you're feeding them. Of course, they can get more vibrant. I Sometimes you just don't notice those things on smaller fish like you can on the bigger ones. Well, and I think with him, I um, think that's the reason why, and I don't know if it's a him or her, but regardless, um, with Murray, I think that the very diet is one of the reasons why he has lived 30 years. I mean, this fish is literally, it's this thick. It does not have one single pockmark from a lateral line, um, full fins. I mean, but he's, he looks like he's like a geriatric fish. You know, he's kind of looks <laughs> like, almost like he's like losing, like it's somewhat like, like he is in need of dentures. But I mean, the, the couple that has them, they're doctor, they're both doctors. So like when they call, they're like, you know, we would like to have some protein added to his diet. <laughs> this and that. So it's actually pretty cool. That yeah. Cool. <laughs> they take it very, very seriously. They take a lot of our, like, um, you know, older fish, I guess. They have, like, some other really random stuff. But they just absolutely love it. So it was a perfect forever home for him. 
varying diets is super important. I think that as uh, the hobby progresses and as we get more research, as the years go on, we're going to start to understand that having a variety diet um, in a lot of these tanks, not just for the fish, but for also sometimes the coral or even the smaller animals that are in there, the other inverts like shrimp, et cetera, it's going to be important um, as everybody starts to get more research. I agree. I mean, a lot of the corals that... Oh, go ahead. This dude, I, so I'm not usually a freshy person. This is McNubbins and I've had to learn a lot about dietary needs um, because he's a fly river turtle. So he gets little treats of like blueberries and strawberries. Um, He's better than us. (laughs) Yeah. Little McNubbins there. Um, But it is like, as I think as everybody starts to get more into it and there's a lot more research and all these, you know, food companies are developing stuff. That's why you go in and you see freezers that are just full of like so much stuff. And I used to tell my customers like, you know, if you feed your flake food first, if you notice that maybe nobody wants to really eat it, you feed that to them first and it's got like the main source of the vitamins and stuff. You kind of like trick the kids into eating their vegetables because then you can hit them with like the treats and stuff later and it worked out better. And um, I used to have so many customers do flake food first because they're hungry, they want the food and they'll eat usually much, much better first thing in the morning if you give them the more difficult stuff that they're not always down to eating. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, check your fish. Yeah, that's true. I mean, just like with mastic or anything else, you know, just trying to, or even putting like garlic on there or silk on or whatever, you know, they just, you know, just trying to get it to entice, just like anything. I like the mastic. Now, if I could put yeah. garlic on like vegetables for my children, that would be another thing, you know, or if I could make them somehow like, you know, carrots taste like ice cream, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. So, Chelsea, what else have you been up to? Did you get anything cool? For myself. Or you expect anything cool on your shipments that you delayed? Oh, um, I got a, a pretty cool chalice for myself um, to add to my little chalice collection. Does it have a fancy name? Uh, I'd have to look back and look at it. It doesn't. What's cool about it is that it's it's flat and it has like uh, almost it almost looks like it's bouncing, like it has ridged, soft tissue on the top, and it's green. And then the tissue on top is a little bit lighter. Like from far away, it's like the reverse of the hydnophora that I have. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. So we'll That's see what cool. it turns out to be. It was just kind of like I love those- chalices. Yeah, I, I have like a little collection going. Hmm? That's awesome. How big of a piece did you get? Did you get like just it's a little, little frag? frag or... It's like probably silver dollar size. Nice. Which for a chalice, I guess I'm kind of used to getting those designer chalices in smaller pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So I have like a whole yeah. tray. What about you? Did you get anything cool? Me? Before your big fr- yeah. Did you get anything cool before your all's big freeze? Uh, yeah. I mean, we just got a coral shipment in today um, that was pushed back um, from last week. We got a lot of our torches. We do really, really well with torches. Um, so we have like the, the OG Holy Grails. We have, I mean, it's just absolutely insane. But I brought from one of our um, grow up facilities, I brought some really awesome bobbies that I fragged when I brought my Indo stuff back. So I have mm-hmm. some really cool Fabias. Um, and then 
he brought uh, a bunch of Monty's back that I've actually never seen. They grow wicked, kind of like, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen, like, the Minion Monty or the, um, oh, they, I can't remember the other names that they call them, but this one, um, I know, like, the Naughty Spiral. It's, you know what I mean? It's the ones with, like, the thicker, more mm -hmm. dense bases, mm -hmm. um, and they almost mm -hmm. encrust more. Um, so we got some really cool ones that I finally have been able to uh, get nice size chunky frags of. So that was really cool. Um, as far as fish, um, we got uh, yellow assessors are like one of my absolute favorite fish. I think they're funny because they swim upside down. They just have really cool personalities and they're in season right now. So we have a whole bunch of those. So those are um, a really fun. I know that uh, the guys have been having fun just ordering different types of fish that I'm like, so sure but um we got some really cool tile fish a whole bunch of um i love brasses so we got a whole bunch of really 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 nice brasses and we've been playing with foods so we started our own phyto um cultures and then so we've been growing phyto we've been doing mice or uh, brian baby brian and then so now we can start doing um mice and others so that it's a lot better for our fish to get them to eat especially with butterflies like the copper bands those have always been uh, just a pain in the ass. Do you guys like copper bands like your own, like yourselves personally? Do you like copper bands? Um, yes and no. I mean, I feel like some of them. I feel like some of them are really good workers, and then sometimes yeah, it's just like anything. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's like file fish. You just know, if like you have an aptasia problem, generally they do really well. But again, then do they decide after that is done that they just want to go and eat you also? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I but they're so they beautiful. They are really, really beautiful. I just, I have a hard time if we're not able to sustain them. Yeah. And they just starve out. That just, that just, it, it, I just don't like it. It doesn't sit well with me. So I don't like it. Um, We did get a really beautiful, like you saw the the koi parrot um, in Josh's tank when mm. he came out and did that. So we got a male. Like Josh's is a female. Josh's is really pretty. But this male, and it was like a perfect size. It was like six inches maybe because a lot of them come in. They're so huge. Um, and he just has so such a great personality. I kind of want to keep him. Oh, you should. You should keep yeah. him. Yeah. You can add him to I, I'm not sure. We'll see. Dance. I mean, we've we've started in a couple of our display tanks. We've done, like, schools of fun things. Like, we um, just put a trio of rhomboids in there, so I'm excited about that. Um, and I, he, if I do the parrot, I'd just like to put him in a bigger tank than the ones that we have right now. My yeah. experience with like some of the like the copper bands and then, you know, when I worked at the store, we would sometimes order Moorish idols to my regret. But Ugh. the thing is like getting them to eat those first couple days is really hard. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, do you eat the money of the order, you know, when you get them in because they die within a day or two? So I did. Mm -hmm. um when we would get the Moorish idols and, and maybe this is a fluke, but I would soak their frozen in polyp labs, polyp booster. Is that the powder? Hmm. And for yeah. whatever reason, oh. they really took to that multiple times. I did that, soaked it in the polyp hmm. booster and they hmm. liked it. Uh, the liquid one, not the powder oh, one. Sorry. The liquid. The yep. liquid. I used to like, um, I used to like putting a Vitachem mm -hmm. that, I mean, terrible but it, well it smells like multivitamins but i used to really like doing him on or cellcon <laughs> and yeah cellcon um especially with like the bigger angels because they just would get mm -hmm. sick so quick 
healthy if you just did not start pounding. You should down see them. my clarions. I mean, they eat oh, like they they eat better than I do. That's for sure. But I mean, they are this thick, and they're definitely displaying um, breeding behaviors. So that's going to be fun to to watch them. But we soak all of their food in Salcon. And they get, I mean, they probably get 18 to 20 different types of foods within a week. But they're so, they're wow. so healthy. We've had them for so long. Same with our, our little conspect that we got and our mass too. Like angels are feeding those, feeding fish for us is like a big deal. That's one thing I learned um, early on. But my husband was really, really adamant because he's obviously, he's a rare fish collector. And so having these fish, you know, interrupt us, we've had together for eight years our clarions, we've had uh, six at least. Um, and my coral beauty that I had for 20 years. So I, food is, a, uh, you know, diet is a big deal. And that's why some of these fish, when we can't provide the diets that, that I know that they need, I, I, I just won't bring them into the store. I just can't do it. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just as rewarding, though, to get some of these fish that are finickier eaters. If you can get them in and get them healthy and get them to their coloration that they're supposed to be, it's really rewarding to watch them come back to life. Um, oh, yeah. big, Especially if they've got any blue that maybe isn't showing up, especially whenever they, they first come in because they're all stressed. That It always seems like the blue tone seems to go away. Pale or out. it doesn't look as vibrant. Yeah, it doesn't look as vibrant or metallic. I think that a lot of fish... Um, have more of a metallic blue effect, especially on like outer rims on their finnage. And I just feel like sometimes you, it's a struggle getting it there, but it does come down to dietary needs. Yeah. For I sure. mean, I like, I honestly do like the fish side. Like I'm one of those ones that's always looking for weird little fish. I have my personal tank is a reefer 350 and I just have little, I have little small fish in there. Like I have the yellow assessor. I really like the yellow assessor and I'm lucky because he's one that's out. I can see him right now. Just yeah. sideways on the wall. Um, but I have the uh, pygmy, they have like a million different names, but the pink pink streaked little tiny pygmy wrasses. Oh, the wrasses, right? Yeah. It's called like a cryptic six line yeah. or something. No. Yeah. It's a cryptic wrasse. Yeah. We call um, it cryptic six, and they're six, like a six got, line, but nice. And yeah. but they are very. You never see them, but when you do, it's like super fun. Mine is out all the time. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, they're great for um, if you have flatworm issues and stuff like that. I really, they're like an underrated fish. I don't think a lot I of people know them. about them. That's a really cool fish. The only issue I've had with getting yeah. those in, well, actually, this is actually an interesting thing. Let's see if you guys have had this issue. So with those guys, they are hard to get in directly from shipping. So usually mm -hmm. if they die, it's within a day. And then once you wean them past that point, they, they take to frozen really well. Mine mm -hmm. eats uh, the Saramarin pellet, uh, oh, the cool. sinking, sinking pellet, because I have an auto feeder on my tank that goes daily and then I feed frozen myself. But um, the one thing I've experienced with those, and then I had a Borbonius antheus that did this. Oh, it, now you're going to hate this. Language. Yeah, you're going you're going to hate this. So, I had I've had this the cryptic for I bought it to, I bought two because normally they come in just one dies immediately. So, I just went ahead and bought two. Both of them made it. Um doing amazing, went through quarantine, uh put one in my tank and then I sold another one to just a friend. And this the other one I had for 6 months and he's fine in the bag. He came picked 
picked the fish up in the bag and it had a stroke or heart attack in the bag. Yeah. That's, and then that sucks. The worst. And then that always makes you so bad because they have like, did he have the shocked face? Yeah. Like the stunned he, mouth is all. He sent me a picture and me- they're so small <laughs> that it's hard to tell. But the fact that I had him for six months before and just one transfer did that. And then the Barbonius I had in my sump in like, he was getting beat up a little bit by my Tomini. So I put him in the sump just to kind of give him some timeout space. And he was down there for a couple months so that I could directly feed him and make sure he was eating and healing. And it's doing great. And I, in the net, I'm, I'm talking from the sump to the tank. He's, he was no. still small, right? He was still probably about inch, inch and a half. He had a heart attack in the net. Ugh. Same water. I mean, you know how quick, I mean, literally seconds. And I must have sat there for an hour trying to revive this fish. And man, it just, it's, it's terrible. I love Barbonius. They're deep water fish. So they have those huge eyes. Mm -hmm. They're just so silly looking. Yeah. And they're not, I mean, my. Maybe just kind of got stunned or like the stress just completely overwhelmed him because he was just a little guy and he couldn't get over it yeah i don't it was so mm. sad and it's not like he was coming from a dark area because my a little though so anytime i ever dealt with borbonias um i always made sure they were at least like an inch and a half to two inches because it was like they were already so expensive yeah. they are but, but to my, in my opinion like in my experience they're like way easier than a lot of the other anthias correct they yeah. readily eat a lot faster yes. um i have you guys have to see this little nano that we have in the in front of the store, it makes, I mean, Ted does an amazing job. So it makes absolutely no sense why it, it, I mean, we have like a goni field. Like it's every different color, goni or goni, whatever, however you want to say it. And I have two little Borbonius in there, two little assessors in there. Um, and just like all the fun fish that you never even like don't, a Swiss guard, if you guys are, do you know That's my Swiss other guard? fish that oh. I have in my I, deck. Shut up. Yeah. That's awesome. You have great fish. I have the. That's, they, they are. Those are fun fish. They're, you know, they're like unsung heroes. Like no one ever knows about them. Yeah. Well, they're also another fish that tends to hide mm-hmm. a lot. And they're kind of, they're you expensive. Know, so. They are kind of, especially. Um, you know, all your fish are, the fish that you have in your personal <laughs> tank are kind of spendy, but. They're all like those bonus fish where, you know, it's like everyone knows what a yellow tang is. Everyone kind of knows what a clownfish is. But then you're like, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't see him before. That's why I love putting those in there. And especially. Go go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, I think what helps people say they they hide all the time. My my tank is set up for a very peaceful environment. So -hmm. the most aggressive fish in there is the Tomini. But I think because it's set up that way, I see all those fish that would normally yeah. be hiding because there are bigger dominant fish in the tank. And that's just my personal preference. I like more cryptic fish. So oh, I yeah, said you don't like, like, like devil damsels and do- I'm just kidding. <laughs> no pass on that. I thought for a minute oh, about a peaceful, getting peaceful tank. I have all of these beautiful, you know, Striped damsels and a domino. And And the domino bites your finger when you put, oh, yeah, feed the tank. I do a domino damsel tank, but give them like a really awesome big red carpet to host. Because I love 
seeing the videos and the photos that come out where you see just this striking difference between the black and white fish and a bright red carpet. I always thought a tank like that would look so beautiful. Just have like 20 of those dudes in there. They're just out. as mean in the ocean too. When you go try to get oh, pictures of the NEMS. They, I, this was one, uh, I think, I don't remember. I think it was in the South Pacific in Tahiti. And I didn't, I wasn't wearing any wetsuit. Um, not normally I wear like even a jacket just because I was there cold. And I came out of the water and I had little blood marks all <laughs> over my belly <laughs> because I had gotten so close to the NEM. And they were just biting, but I was trying to get the perfect picture, the perfect video. So I just took it, but I didn't realize that they were really attacking me that badly. <laughs> so you they're just in there, water, right? there. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so when I saw the, the Picasso triggers, you know, and they're just so inquisitive. Um, I'm like, okay, if they bite me, it's going to be a little bit different than if the domino bites me. Have we all been to Hawaii? Yeah. I, yep. Yes. Okay, so yeah, I, did. I didn't go diving there, but I did scuba dive. And it really... I did snorkel. I'm sorry, I snorkeled. Yes, thank yep. you. Yep. Um, and it was... The thing that threw me was when you you're, you have your head underwater and all the yellow tangs are plucking at the algae, you, you hear it. Like it's like yeah. you can hear all their plucking and the triggers. You can hear them grinding rocks. I thought that was really oh, cool. Oh, I I was once when I saw a whole bunch of um, bump head parrots. You know what those are? Mm -mm. They're absolutely huge. They're like as big as like um, I swear I don't remember where, where I was, but they're literally like as big as a, like a pig. They're huge. A yeah, pig? Like me. Yeah, they're they're absolutely huge. Um, and so I'm swimming along and they're just like destroying, they're just creating a, a brand new sand, white sand bed, destroying the coral, just, and the video, even in the video, you can just mm -hmm. hear them crunching. They could, they could care less that I was there. They're like, Hey, I'm, I'm whatever you do. You do. You're way smaller than me. I don't even care what you have to say. There's six of them. It was amazing. Water pigs. Did you guys see sea turtles yep. when you went snorkeling or diving? Oh, that was the best because I, I saw them whenever I went. I have never done snorkeling, which is so backwards <laughs> if I'm certified to scuba. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go snorkel. How hard could it be? But I literally I looked down because I was so excited. And there was just triggers everywhere. everywhere. They, I think were around you. And I was like. Oh, this got real, real quick. <laughs> they don't care. They come right up. They just don't. No, mind. and they like, like shiny. Okay. That's the thing. So when I have cameras, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I I usually either yeah. take my ring off or turn it around so that they're, it's not yep. super shiny mm -hmm. because I'm just afraid that a fish is gonna come out of nowhere. So I had no idea that barracudas were into shiny. Mm -hmm. And when I oh. my last trip to Indo, I got yelled at big time because. A, I went way too close to it. I was filming with my shiny camera, and I also had my ring on, and it was really dangerous. But I'm, I, I got really, really good footage, which eventually will come out. I just, when I have time. <laughs> my but mom's yeah, barracudas are cool, but they, they look they're like super they're, yeah, <laughs> they're like prehistoric with Me. these teeth. Like this thing had like just, and I was like, well, it's just resting there so nicely and yeah go hovering really close i got i got chewed out for that one big time not only from my husband but from the other day <laughs> so like, um, that was really dumb my mom and brother the first oh. time the very first time they had ever went diving they went in aruba and they they saw a very decent sized barracuda 
and the guy, the, the instructor was very like, like telling them underwater, like, do not, no sudden movements, don't mm-hmm. point the cameras, like, just stay very calm. And my mom was saying that she was like trying to just regulate her breathing because it was just hovering right over top of them. And she's like, what is it leaving? <laughs> but her first oh, time diving, she got, gets to see this big oh, fish. No. I mean, that's <laughs> exciting, but how scary that is too. Mm-hmm. I haven't been diving. I'm a little bit uh, anxious about going, like I'm fine And snorkeling. you can see just as much. I'm going to be honest with you, depending on where you go. I mean, it's a different experience with diving, but it's snorkeling just as, it's awesome. I had a couple of clients that, just got back from, um, I think they were in, they went to Vietnam, Thailand. They did a bunch. I, w- I would love to go there because, I mean, they got to see some really, really amazing fish. I think the coolest thing that I have done was in Hawaii, we did the night. You're essentially snorkeling. You're holding onto these little floats with the manta rays. And they oh, cool. shine these big yeah. lights into the water so that the plankton. You did Do what? Was it a night dive? It's at night, but it's not. You're not diving. You're kind of holding on to these floaty things, and you have a mask on, mm-hmm. and you're able to just put your face in the water. And they shine lights off the boat, so you can see the plankton. And the manta rays will literally come up right underneath you. You can look into their bodies because they're yes. scooping all the. That was so cool. Oh. I did ask one of the guys on the boat. I was like, "When's the last time you've seen a shark?" Because if you've seen one recently, I'm not getting in. <laughs> Oh. And he's like, honestly, it has years. And I was like, mm, he's lying. But but I he convinced me. I think that bringing was it back awesome. even to, to fish tanks, like looking at your tank at night is totally different than looking at it during the day. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, you know, you'll see like creepy crawly things or you'll see whatever. You're like, okay, I had my hand right there a little bit ago. Or I had um, one of my clients just got a whole bunch of um, – of real live rock and he's had so many pest problems and at night i mean mantis shrimps and um, bobbit worms and uh, yeah he's had a little bit of everything it's been an absolute nightmare but he puts these fish traps out at night and i mean some of the sizes of these things that he catches um you would be amazed that they that you couldn't see them during the day it's creepy i wonder if remy is gonna get bobbit worms because didn't he use live rock i am not a bobbit worm person you know i have i got so i got injured by a bobbit a few years yeah so so i was we did not i did not know what a bobbit worm was and there wasn't really much um footage or even research out there about them at the time and i got bit or struck or however you want to say it um back in um 2000 i'm gonna say this is six or seven and I was going into a reef tank because I was grabbing a cluster of anthelia for a customer. And I was like, you know, you can just pull it apart. You can pull off the rebel and be like, here you go. This is a nice starter coral. So it can, you know, tell you all sorts of stuff if you're having issues. Well, when I went in there, the the bobbit worm came up and it like reared up kind yeah. of like a snake. And I hadn't. I didn't know what it was and it just, it struck me and it struck me right in my right ring finger. I of course was like, well, whatever. It's probably a psycho bristle worm or something. I don't have time to deal with it. I'm helping people right now. The pain 
and the issues that ensued from that injury are just insane because within a couple hours, my finger was already swelling up to about the size of a hot dog and it just completely deformed. So after, after about two days, I was like, well, I guess I better go to the ER. (laughs) So I go to the I go to the ER because it's hurting bad. I can feel my blood pulsing yes. through this thing all day long. And I can't bend it because mm-hmm. the swelling is oh, so bad. Oh, man. Get in. Get IV uh, antibiotics. But the worst part about it was, so I'm in, I'm in Kansas. And the ER doctor comes out and he's like, oh, is it like a jellyfish sting? Can we just pee on it and make it better? And you lost like, all trust. No. I'm like, no, no, I need like antibiotics or we've got to split this thing open. Like it feels like it's going to Like it's going to burst. Yeah, it was so bad. So within a couple of days after the IV antibiotics and oral antibiotics, the swelling finally went down. This finger atrophied and curled up and it was partially paralyzed. Oh, for th- I could not bend it. Extended, it just stayed curled like this forever. And then this, it actually has like, I don't even know if you can tell, it's got like a dip to it, but I can't, I don't have feeling right here within hmm. this first knuckle. It's really wild. Um, and the entry point for it, I don't know, I probably can't really show you guys, but it, I can, I have a scar still from the entry point of it. And after about three years, it finally got to where I could start doing three regular years. mobility with it. I just, I'm not a bobbit worm person. Did, like me and bobbit worms. Well, I don't think, I don't think anybody's a bobbit worm person. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. There's some people out there. They're cool looking though. Like when I saw it and I tried to describe it, I was like, dude, look like this segment. It's centipede. Yeah. It's rainbow yeah. and metallic. And everybody's looking at me like, yeah. Well, she's smoking. Yeah. There's nothing, nothing in the store that looks like that. I was like, no, I saw it. So when we moved the store, and I had to tear down that tank. There it was. I was like, nobody. I was like, I'm getting in here. I'm on a mission. I'm finding this little mother effer. And he's mine. And I found him. And then I disposed yes. of him. Do you think a piece With- got like lodged into your <laughs> finger? Well, so what it did was um, it was so fast. It like it reared up and then it like did like a clasping. And one of the pincers, like, I'm not flipping y'all off, just like, no. It went, like, right in like where my joint. joint. Oh, no. Yeah, and it was wild um, because it hurt so bad just right there, isolated in that joint. And I was like, man, maybe I'm going to have some issues forever with this finger. But eventually, you know, with regular mobility and having to use it every single day in the store doing stuff eventually it came back but um yeah don't get hit by a bobbit worm if you can help from it (laughs) speak from experience torture devices in our aquariums yeah exactly like last weekend i got palytoxin again again it's my it's been my it's my third time and i need to be more safe i mean this time was really scary what the third time around, do you feel like they get Absolutely. Worse? And I don't feel like I was even exposed that bad, well, that, that badly, but um, we had to make some major changes at the store just for the simple fact. Um, it, it will, and I mean, I'm glad it was me and not one of, you know, one of my fellow coworkers or my, you know, I'm just glad it was me, but it was super scary and it was a reality check. Um, 
that mm-hmm. if I'm going to, I was uh, fragging grande, like the grande pallies, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, those- I was wearing gloves. However, the gloves, um, I was doing other things. I caught a fish, and then I got water in my gloves, and blah blah blah. So when I was playing, when I was messing with it, I had water that got into the glove, and so it was like just permeating. And obviously, it, with all of us having fish hands, you know, we have cuts and whatever. Mm-hmm. And within about five hours. Um, you know, I have a metal taste. I hurt to my bones. I thought that like everybody else, I'll just take a COVID test and mm-hmm. see if that's what it was. And absolutely not. Um, isn't it strange? Like, even though we work with all this stuff really regularly, we always think that it's not I know, something. And I'm just, the, yeah, we always think like a regular germ that we got exposed to out in the real world but then we're like oh no wait i kind of deal with toxic right animals. and it's just but it, and then not even being that that safe like i should have been wearing like something like a surgical glove or something where it couldn't like poke through or something so we had to make the decision i mean it's just not worth it obviously so we will not be accepting them we will not be selling it's just not worth it um because yeah. it i mean this this time i got lucky again but I mean, how many more times do I have to go out there? I mean, the first time they wanted to do a complete blood transfusion. The second time was wow. intravenous um, antibiotics. And this time I just know like how I was watching my heart, you know, because it, it causes your heart to like really pump mm-hmm. because it, it restricts the vessels. And so um, my resting heart rate was like 120 which is really high. <laughs> so I just watched me and if it would have went any higher, I would have had to go to the ER. But the problem is in Minnesota, they're like, hey, what? You got stung by who? Where were you on vacation or what's happening? Like they have no idea. Um, yeah. So it's actually yeah, more don't. frustrating and more to me, it's more dangerous that way too, because they just don't know. And then it takes forever for them to figure out what the deal is. So um, I just got to be more careful. It's just really stupid. You should carry like a medical directive that says I handle rare and exotic corals. And if something that just says, or I'm like, I just don't yeah. get it. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm just, you know, uh, my, my husband was just like, oh, how many, like he felt like the dad that's like, how many times have I told you? You know, I love you and I'm so scared for you, but I'm so mad. <laughs> I think we get like, uh. Time is always oh, a factor when we're working, and so and that's what it was. I was busy. I was just like Abby said too. I, I don't have time to deal with this. I'm helping customers, and then, I mean, and then by by the time you figure out, or by the time you can't move, or by the time you have mm-hmm. you know 102 fever, it's too late to take the time. So it's time to right. slow it and realize that you know what I mean. Like we are playing with the second most toxic thing known to humans. You know and and a lot of the fish, like fox faces or lionfish or all the other, you know what I mean? There's just, it's, we, it, they're safe as long as you're safe. I, I have to give Have you ever been hit by a lion? Not a lion, but a fox face. And that just was yeah, I've had, painful. I've had a mag fox hit me and I've had a Fiji fox and I've had the rabbit fish hit me. The mag fox was yeah. the worst. I've been lucky, I guess, because I have not or been Or smart. Hit. Um... <laughs> No, I mean, I think I'm digging around in tanks just as much. I do have to stop and tell myself, because uh, I, I like on a mental clock when I'm in services, right? But I do have to say, if I get sick, I'm going to miss more time being sick than if I yep, just stop four or five minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I, But I have to tell myself that because otherwise I'm just going to keep going at my pace. 
But I think I think that I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's like a a like a fish a, like a maintenance person thing, or you know what I mean, like a business owner thing. I'm not really sure, but I'm always like. I'm at one speed. It's like they call me crack rabbit speed. Like I'm at, yep. I'm either go or not going. Like, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> I, I never, I like, it's like, well, eventually one of these times it's like you're saying, you're going to end up taking way more time to have to recover than if you would have just taken the time um, in the beginning. And, you know, I guess the older I get and the more, t- more times, I guess, than I've been exposed, it, you build up the toxin in your body instead of a resistance so it becomes worse and worse and worse that happened that's been happening with anemones for me yep nems wait till euphilia and then you yep, know what i mean I it just goes downhill so what nem messes with you the most then chelsea the carpet no it's not even that first it it's just bubble tips it's bubble tips and it's the ogs like the the ones yes. that get really Yes, see, mm-hmm. it's a thing. I don't know, like even my black um, widow doesn't mess with me. Yeah, but that's those what do. it is. It's the the bigger bubble tips, and you get near them, like in, and like they'll touch, like yep, any, right on the arm. Oh, and it's just instant. Mm-hmm. Now it's not even like you're not. It's not even like you're pulling hair algae from between them. It's just a slight brush will give yep. me just a rash that looks like poison ivy on the underside yep. of my arm, and it's been progressively worse. Where first it was. Okay, yeah, I felt me, myself touch the anemone. And now it's like the anemone is a little bit irritated because I'm cleaning the tank and just whatever it's putting in the water is irritating my skin. Yep. Yeah. So then what is your favorite or your preferred method for treating your alls anemone stains? I always just did aloe vera gel. Even if I had an aloe plant, I would just snap one of those branches off and just be, anything to keep it like moisturized mm-hmm. and keep it from like itching so i do the opposite and it's funny now that hand sanitizer has been like because of covid so it's in a pinch i put hand sanitizer because it's alcohol and it just like it stops and maybe it just makes it burn worse than an itch i don't know but it seemed like that it seems to work and then i for some maybe it's like mental where i feel like oh now it's cleaned out and everything's good to go i think but then at night when i get home i put neosporin on it and then it seems to help ish sarah said to try meat tenderizer i hadn't done that i did try um contact solution Hmm. she was like okay well that kind of makes sense because it's salt water i swear but how many i mean a meat tenderizer like i don't just carry meat tender (laughs) i know that's what i was on a job site let me go out excuse me um do you have any meat tenderizer that i could right borrow or put in it was. She did say it just like that, though. She's like, "Yeah, meat tenderizer." So she must have it oh. on hand. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's like um, we could do. Like, what is in, uh, you know, a fish girl, boxes. fish lady's purse, or what is in a fish lady's ham? Like, if you go into my purse right now, you will find a ninety degree PVC elbow. You'll find a. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not kidding you. Like, oh, yeah, I could have. Um, you know, I could have the most expensive handbags out there. And I still have PVC. I generally have some kind of lock line fitting or the Murloc fittings. Um, I will have a clamp or two of something that for whatever I need and glue, chloral mm-hmm. glue. I have <laughs> my my go-tos are I have a toothbrush. I have rubber bands. I have a little like tiny pocket knife. 
always comes in oh, handy. Oh, yeah. Always. Um, I broke my favorite pocket knife not too long ago. I was telling Evie on trying to get a dumb Toonsy powerhead apart, and it broke. The Toonsy broke the metal of the knife. That's Aww. how stuck on it was. Yeah. I was like, did you get it, like, under the lip? Like, yep. did you try to – That's exactly why it broke. <laughs> Yeah, that's that'll do it. <laughs> I have so in my work car, I have um, like a toolbox that has my essentials in it. So test kits, uh, hydrometer, all the essentials, right? And then I have another whole case of extras. So ChemiClean clamps, um, PVC fittings, barbs. Because barbs, barbs, you can't just go to Home Depot and get the threaded barbs, or at least you can't here. Mm-hmm. So I always oh, carry spigot. those. Yep. Yep. Always have those. Um, yeah, my car is a complete disaster. But it, it but I know where everything is and there are things I need. There you go. I used to always keep lock on me. Like you know how you'd go like to a, a house and like maybe they added something or like they decided to change it up or it's relatively new and you're just like, it just needs something else. Like it needs some extra directional help. I would always keep like a couple pieces of link lock in my bag. Idea. Plus, it's a great stress reliever. You know, it's like a fidget yeah. spinner. But or paper clips um, for resetting tridents. Yeah, resetting or, um, apexes. apexes. Weird. Apex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I have paper clips. Keep paper clips handy. Always got to have a hair tie. If you're a girl, you always got to have your hair tie because you just don't know when you're just like, well, it's just one of those yeah, things. I'm going to get glue in it. I'm going to have to cut it out again. Crusty, crusty yep. hair. Yeah, so I don't have anything yeah. that, like, my children would need, like, a Band-Aid or that I might need or, you know what I mean, like, ibuprofen. It, it's like, oh, no, but you know what I do have? I have Cipro. So if I need to mm-hmm. treat a bacterial infection for my torch, I'm, yeah. I'm golden. I don't have to go back to the store. Media but bags. if you have a headache, you're on your own. The, the one rag plug that, like, somehow you never remember <laughs> to take out rolling around down at I the bottom you're just like now oh, oh yeah. and i always will have a hand vial of some random water that i forgot to test so and then you don't because God, i have no idea but i'm like okay this could be from like last mo- last week could be from yesterday i don't even know because so, hannah and I don't needs know, like, beepers on their testers is that why do you put one in and then you forget and then it times out and then you have to go do another one real quick so you have that vial oh, that, so i have a trick for that so you don't necessarily have to do it over again if you don't want to yeah if you have the second vial you can use that as your base and then just put it in and press the button um but i always use my iWatch because otherwise i forget about it a hundred out of a hundred times but wouldn't it be nice if they just had a timer beeper that went off yes because i run multiples yes, like, at a time so there's a three yeah, minute six too. minute and so I just, I set them all. I mean, the, the nitrate now is the one that has like a longer timeout period, yeah. but the other ones are like three minutes and it's done. Mm-hmm. Like the phosphate, I don't know how many times. Like, I think no, it's three. I have to do it again. Yes. Yes. It's that. <laughs> and I do carry that like one that, but I always, I always wondered like, is this changing my, the reagent on the one that's been tested? Like if I leave it too long. Oh, I never carry the reagent part of it. I just, um, so generally the test kits come with two vials. So then I just mm-hmm. take that vial out use the sample water for the first when it says C1 or whatever. Oh, I see what you're saying. And then I just so then I use the I use the one that's already has the reagent mixed up as my second one. Okay. And then you can do that. So even if you run the phosphate, this is like a, you know, testing hack, I guess, but even if you run the phosphate, you don't have to run it for the first the long 3 minutes because mm-hmm. it's already sat for 3 minutes so then I just press it and it'll re- give you the reading right away. 
Gotcha. 90% yeah. of the time it's the same. So that drives me nuts. And I do I like, I did it's so frustrated. Cause I'm like, Oh, I just want to be, just want to know what my dumb phosphates are so I can decide if what I can do next. And I do use the phosphate of one a lot on the seahorse tanks. That's fair. Because are they sensitive to phosphate? Well, I suppose anything is, but well, right. I've had issues Mainly with because- the, they'll get the air stuck in their pouches. Ah. Um, and ah. I don't, no, for sure, but just from like what I'm reading, it's just just try to keep the tanks super clean, which of course is hard because they're feeding so much. So much, yeah. I, I mean, I, even my clients are draining the food. It's not like they're dumping the wastewater in there, but so I have to keep the phosphate. As long as I keep the phosphates like a normal reef tank phosphate, you know, under point zero point zero eight, they're fine. Mm-hmm. The nitrates under ten, they're fine. But that's hard because of the food. Yeah. Yeah. So I do see issues yeah. when that phosphate if, gets high. You know, stuff's like getting stuck in crevices and yeah, then you got to get in there. It's not like they're going to like acrobatic do yoga to get the food. They're just going to kind of wait till it comes in close by or their snout again. Yeah. And it's, I don't blast yeah. them with flow in there either because I mean, they right. can, people think like, yeah, they don't have yeah they're just hanging on with their tail now you can you can have some flow in there that's fine but i don't want i'm not going to put an mp40 on there and like blow them away so that's the other thing all the food settles to the bottom Mm -hmm. on a deep tank so you know i try to just be really aware when feeding but i we've had some issues with high phosphates and getting those gas bubbles trapped and it's just torture because then you got to like get the air out of their pouch or treat them an external quarantine tank. And so I'm just, it's just not just, just keep it clean. I put a reactor on one of the tanks um, and used the two little fishies Fosban, I think it is in there oh. and just switch it out. Like we actually put it on an Amazon plug so that the reactor only runs like three days out of the week. So it's not bottoming it out. Oh, that's good. So that's really- we've been able, that's a good tip. Yeah. I, nice. <laughs> I like Amazon plugs for a, a lot of things. Like even my lights that don't like the little nano tank lights that you want to buy on Amazon or whatever, because you need something smaller than a prime, put them on a, a Amazon plug and then you have it on a timer versus you having to go and switch the switch. Oh, very nice. Nice job, Chelsea. <laughs> now y'all got a nice life hack. Now, if your internet so, goes out, uh, can't help you. <laughs> if you're trying to troubleshoot your wi-fi we are not the your light will be permanently stuck on whenever that happened <laughs> a lot of cycling going on with that router i'm just gonna oh, cycle it again oh, that's awesome manual <laughs> unplug <laughs> that's fantastic no way uh, so are you all ready for reef stock? I'm, I'm excited. I am too. I'm excited. I'm uh, planning some of the some of the content that I'm going to talk about. But I'm so excited. I'm actually excited that all of us are going to be able to get together. I think that's the most fun. I know that it's fun to do it this way, but what did you say? We're going to get to have, we're going to get to have the couch again. We're going to have to. That's going to be the. That's what I miss the most. It's like it. It almost feels like distance learning. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 awesome to like communicate this way and everything, but. It's so much more fun. So, and and I think now that we've done, got a few under our belt, we're just gonna we're just gonna have like a vibe. I just think it's gonna be fantastic. 
I know. Well, plus, like, we're all kind of, like, doing stuff within the show, right? So, like, Sarah is speaking. Jen, you are speaking. Chelsea, uh, you totally got looped into doing a workshop. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> was that Sean? Um, it was Sean, wasn't it? <laughs> no. That no, was no. me. <laughs> um, no, uh, but you could do a talk, too, if you wanted to. It's up to you. Um, but I we I really want you to do the workshop um, for scaping because you are actually a very notable scaper. Nice. You, I'd like oh, to see you flatter me. No, you can sit there and show off. Maybe we could do um, a uh, – you and I could do a <laughs> – uh, maintenance, you know what I mean? We could do a, a group, a, a, like a dual talk where we could talk about like fun things that we've done or, ma- you know what I mean? Owning a aquarium maintenance company type deal or whatever. Just an idea. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah. Like favorite, your favorite maintenance setup, like the one that you just were able to hack all the way from start to finish. And it's your favorite one that you look forward to dealing with every time you go there. Is there a tank like that? The easiest oh, yeah. ones. Those are the ones I like. The what would you, would you say? The, sorry, easiest, the easiest. The ones, easiest ones. The easiest ones. I like the easiest the ones. What does that mean? Fish. I don't know if they're easy. Yeah, what, what, what do you consider the easiest? Some tanks just are... Okay, so like on my tanks, I don't have the extreme big builds like Jen does. Um, so my biggest... Oh, we do them all. We don't just do big builds. Well, I don't... Like mine, my biggest is a 250 right now i think i had a 400 when i worked for the store but right now 250 but i like very basic aquariums because the more equipment you put on there the more points of failure you have so unless you need it unless you need the equipment we can go there if you need it but if you don't need it then we don't need to put it because Mm -hmm. there's more points of failure on the tank so i love tanks that are just come in there like i i literally am clocking at an hour i can do this all this whole maintenance in an hour and I love to get in and get out. And I walk in and it just looks like it did last week or better. Like mm-hmm. softy tanks that are just full mature softy tanks, um, mushrooms, leathers. Mm-hmm. I have one that, you know, like trumpet corals. The ones that are like they're successful because they're just a little dirty. Right. You know? Exactly. Like it's like that vibe. Exactly. Yeah. Those I are- love a good dirty uh, gravel vac. You know, I love that dirty substrate. But yeah, no, I just, those are the tanks that I like. Like the ones that you know what to expect. This is starting to sound like dating, like what you know what to expect. Stability. No, it, it is though. <laughs> like walking into something that you don't know what you're expecting and it's always volatile and you don't know if, the, you know, oh. I had a tank. The, yeah, you've got a list of like things you will and will not accept. Well, I had <laughs> no, a tank. Like, Go ahead, Jen. Oh, no, it's like sometimes I just want to fire some of my clients like and I I have before because it's just like, okay, I can't like they're like, I got this and I put this on the tank and you're like, oh, Uh, yeah. Or like, oh, I went and I bought a a sweet lips because they're pretty and in my 30 gallon tank and it's a grouper and you're fired. Some of you (laughs) have experienced this like I think in the industry we've all dealt with taking over a tank from another maintenance company. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. That always has tricks, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's going to do it different. Um, but usually, like, mm-hmm. between that that past company and you, the tank has sat there for mm-hmm. weeks or months without anyone touching it. And then you get to see how other people plumb tanks. And you're like, hmm, that's, oh, that's scary. The fun part. A union on top of a union, but the pump already <laughs> has a union. I really like that. Huh? Say that again. 
Yeah. I'm Jen likes that when she likes to see how everybody does their Well, I can actually because- go into a client um, if they have another maintenance company, I can look at the equipment and I can tell you who did it. Who plumbed it. Because yeah. I've been doing it for so long. I- like oh that's yeah because they're like well my last maintenance company i'm like oh did such and such they're like how did you know that i'm like well like i can tell the lack of protein skimmer and that whatever that mess is that That weird manifold (laughs) yeah uh i mean uh, tape i mean uh yeah i'm not even Um, um, using metal clamps yes that's Um, exactly what i was just getting ready to say metal clamps can we stop? Um, Can we stop or this? just some of the excuses that 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 these that people come up that. with of why the tanks didn't, why they weren't able to get the tank to where it was, is absolutely hilarious. It's almost like, well, it's because it, we only took care of it on Thursdays, and if we would have done it on Wednesdays, it's the middle of the week, and that's you know, I mean, some of these excuses, I just feel really badly for these people that trust us to come in and do a job that they. Could they expect us to do better than they could do it themselves? Otherwise, why would they be paying us to do it? Or, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's embarrassing. And so I never get into the, oh, that company sucks or, oh, this and that. I'm just like, hey, you know what? I'm sorry that you experienced that. Mm -hmm. Um, Try to find some of the positives. And then, hey, let's move over. This is what I can do. This is what we're going to work on together. And we're going to make this great. But, I mean, some of these tanks, I'm just like, I'm looking at it and – I don't know, like about a month and a half ago, I was complaining about my boss giving me all the crappy jobs, which is me giving myself all the crappy jobs. But I walk in, I'm like, really? You're your boss. Yeah, I'm like, I, seriously, she's the worst. <laughs> but yeah, she, it, it was like, I walk in, I'm like, okay, I, I, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Like, I thought that there was black gravel. And no, it's actually white sand with like an inch and a half of detritus on the top. I'm just like, okay, I I don't think this is. And then when I bring the the telltale sign is I bring out a python or I bring out a siphon. Like, whoa, 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 what? Is yes, that? yes. I'm like, what do you mean? What is that? Well, I'm not. Why? Why? What? Where? What are you doing with my water? Oh, I, I need to take some out, you know, and put some new stuff in. It's kind of like a toilet here. Mm-hmm. I love gravel siphoning though. It's very, uh, it's very relaxing. Agreed. But when they don't even know that that was even a thing and I bring it out and they're like, what is this contraption? What are you doing? You're going to spill water everywhere and flood my floor. It's like, I I can't tell you that's like almost, I've had so many clients not know what, what what, you know, the Python was or the gravel. Like, oh, my, my other person never did that. Yeah. They said that changing water was a waste and. It was, and I'm like, okay, well, okay, well, we're just gonna, I, 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 I disagree, but I'm, we'll, we'll just move forward, and we'll that way. Obviously, it didn't work. We'll try it differently. I think, um, really important. Yeah, and then, and then you go to the sump, and you're like, oh, look at all this, just <laughs> chilling in the box, just rotten, and you're like, oh, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get here. This is gonna be a good yeah, old time. I know. No, they just say like the dirtier that my last company said that it, if it, if you clean that out, it would disrupt it. And it was the dirtier, the better. It's where all the pods live. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, that's where a lot of other stuff Yeah, is. there's a lot of things going on in that. Um, we'll just yeah. take uh, take one thing at a time. I wonder if um, some, some season down there. Let's just see it like that. <laughs> some extra seasoning going on. I've. 
in my experience with some clients, I found it's always very helpful to lay out a plan. Yeah. Like, because mm-hmm. it's, 100%. it's either like they think you're going to fix everything in one maintenance. Yeah. Or yeah, they have no idea where to take it from here. So it's like, okay, step one, this is what we're going to do today. And then we'll schedule again, mm-hmm. come back at another time and we'll do like progressive planning of where we want to see the tank. And I always ask them to like, where do you want to see this tank? Like in in a year or two years, what's yeah. your plan? So that we can- What is your goal you feel like you haven't gotten yet that you wish you could you could care for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and those are, all those are the things that keep them like from getting so discouraged. I think that's part of, you know, with when a lot of people jump into the hobby and whether or not they have someone else maintain it or not but then they're just like they get disappointed and discouraged and then you come in and you're like everything's wrong but you can't come in and say everything's wrong and and now you have to reinvest or do all these other things it's like well we'll start with this and then this and then this and then I I think that naturally like as a as a hobbyist I mean we we like to have that plan too Mm -hmm. and I I feel like sometimes Mm -hmm. I even over communicate and my clients are like okay (laughs) but I get it yeah like um (laughs) I was telling Evie I have a client who had a plate coral fungia coral and he had some disasters happen in his tank while he was away he first his uh return pump went out and then his heater went out literally a month later so back-to-back equipment. I should have started replacing it yeah. right away when the one went out. Usually it's probably time to replace the others. But I had taken over this account, so I wasn't quite sure on the age of this stuff. And I think mm-hmm. that's what toasted the fungia was one of those events. But it was really cool. Mm-hmm. So I communicated with him, like, hey, um, this coral is looking rough. Like, it's it's probably not going to make it. The other corals are good. They're going to rebound, but this one's going to be gone. But what's really cool about this coral is that you, and let's just see, you know, let's just leave it in here. Cause oh man, the one thing people hate is to look at something that failed, right? To, to leave a skeleton right. in there sometimes. Yeah. And I was like, but what's really cool about the fungia is they, they have this thing called the Phoenix effect or partial mortality, where if you leave mm-hmm. a little bit, at least this is how it happened on this one. I've never seen it in person. I've only heard about it, but if you leave it in there, the little bits of flesh can actually regrow new coral i mean they're clones but you've never gotten to see that in person no i've never seen or had that happen it's it's really cool um i've i've had it happen a few times and it's at first you think like that tissue coming back you're like oh it's just like these little bits that Mm -hmm. just are you know struggling to survive and then you start to see like the mouths Mm -hmm. You know, start coming through and then you actually start to see the shape of the fungia like f- retake its form on top of the larger skeleton and I remember seeing it um, for the first time and I was like whoa it like kind of it, it died but then it like still survived it still provided like a way to keep itself alive like through its children through it, are you know, called anthroblasts I, th- I believe it's called I know Jake did an article like a while back on this we'll have to look that up i need to reread that because i would love to get back into the the details of a lot of the science behind that because um it is very fascinating and it's also very rewarding Mm -hmm. because even though lost a piece you technically 
could gain even more. And then it's like this really unique piece that you've got in your system. And sometimes those babies like can disconnect and like, you know, you can spread the love and give them to other people. But, um, it, it is a long process though. I remember it taking months and months for it to actually look what it was doing was being successful. So his started to. <laughs> have you ever seen that? Have you seen that in person? Me? Yeah. Uh-huh. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's cool. It I is. It's really the, awesome. It, or, go ahead. I was going to yes. say I tracked the time on his, and August was when it started to go downhill, and December 21st is the service that I was there, and I saw the babies pop up. Oh. Yeah. That sounds about right. It takes a while. It takes a few months. Just like real babies. So, <laughs> little little fraglets. Oh, gee. <laughs> that's fantastic. I stopped I've counting that. that like, like with my dendros um, or euphilia at times when you know the the big motherhead will die, but it has little babies uh, around it and save them, and then they pop off. That's really awesome. Yeah, I always loved doing that, except it was always – I remember when Dendros first came on the scene, and it was so frustrating because it was like nobody knew, like, how much you had to feed I know, them and then you and can't leave the food, just rest. I, I just I just had a yeah. conversation with an employee this last week about that. It's a whole learning never mm-hmm. Dendros scene, and we were – we were dealing with that and I remember so many people they would lose the motherhead but then like you know a few of the smaller stragglers would still be fine down below and then all of a sudden poof a whole bunch of yep. babies would pop out and I'm like we'll feed the feed the babies you know start start getting you know smaller foods in there don't let the giant piece of mice just like chill yep. on there got to get some other stuff that they can actually consume um, but I remember when Dendro started doing that, and I think a lot of people started getting really curious about what other girls could do it. And there was um, a bit more research that was going on. When did Dendro's come out? I feel like Dendro's were around like it, 20- It's been a long time, but I mean, now you can't find them. So we just had a customer mm-hmm. that took his tank down, and so we got a colony of them, and they were absolutely beautiful. And then, you know, my employees are like, oh, this is so fun. We'll just feed them. And then... You know, they had the rot. It's just like, I, I, I understand yeah. the intent. Obviously, they weren't trying to harm the coral by any means. But, yeah. um, you know, we're able to, to kind of tip it at an angle so that, I mean, if you, so that if the food can't rest in there and put in a little higher flow, no light, and they'll recover. But we got a lot of babies out of it, I guess, but I still wouldn't want them to kill the motherhead. On one of the articles yeah. I was reading about the fungia was saying that some people may even like induce it to die on purpose to get more out of it babies yeah really yeah it was just a- i i don't know if i could kill something like that on is it like killing it or is it more like fragging it then you know what i mean because i mean that's what we do with big mother colonies we well, but if it's one point. single I mean- polyp technically and then yes i mean the article didn't yeah, say frag like they literally said like induce <laughs> death mm-hmm. or like the yeah yeah so what are i don't i mean i do not we do not condone no, killing right your no. there were no fungia hurt in this article or in it, this episode yeah <laughs> yeah what what would make people want to do that experiment just for like research yeah purposes? it was a scientific like, was article around the article they wanted it mm-hmm. for that 
So because probably just to understand, obviously to understand the process of how it happened. Well, that and like I, I stopped counting at 10 little babies. Yeah. So say you have one and then you can get even five out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's a very, very essentially kind of like fragging it. Mm -hmm. Kind of. You had one. It almost reminds frogs that the babies pop out of the back. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a thing of nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what it makes me think of, though. Oh, man. And you just... That yeah. just made the hair on my neck stand up. When I was a kid, I had a book that had a picture of that frog in it, and I was always like, oh. <laughs> We'll have to start the Dude, next episode on, like, <laughs> biggest fears of, you know, biggest fish tank or biggest animal fear. Biggest animal fear. Well, we know what Chelsea's is, so we're definitely gonna find that frog. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just <laughs> anything. All just about anything it. that embeds. Like, what are the flies that the the flies the that lay flies. their eggs? Ugh. Yes, anything that embeds oh, into yeah. skin and then reemerges. That's enough for me. <laughs> yeah. But... Mm. <laughs> so thank you for that. Bringing mm-hmm. that back. I'm good. <laughs> oh my gosh. But. And affect you with your within your reef tank. You can get like crazy infections and stuff from just getting minor cuts and then like fooling around with you know your your sand bed and like siphoning out crud. Like there's there's weird stuff you can get in contact with. So you got to be careful. It's not just regular animals. I've had I've had employees that have had like pretty good you know antibiotic runs because some gross stuff from just either doing like tank teardowns or just like rehabs on tanks and they get a hold of some nasty stuff you gotta be careful it's like uh the new thing is like don't drink glacier runoff water because there might be prehistoric bacteria in there that's the new hmm. night on it off that's why I choose to drink wine instead of water, because just in case. No, I'm just kidding. But I did that. I like drank glacial runoff water in Alaska, and now all of a sudden, 2024, they're like, you have prehistoric bacteria. That makes a lot of sense. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, if it doesn't make me sick, I mean, I'm not really against That's it. what I'm like, what prehistoric bacteria is I mean, we have a lot of glacial runoff areas here in Minnesota that I might just go just try to find a drink. I'm just kidding. It's the it's the. Uh, I think I'm okay. I'm I'm okay. I'm safe. I think. It's the heels. And I still have wine, so I'm I'm most definitely okay. It's your medication for the next time you get palytoxin. Let us know. Wine? No. Or glacial, 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 glacial water. Yeah, I've already won from Indonesia. I already won the um, virus and uh, other issue. You know, and I came back with a virus, and. Um, I- that was zero fun, but that was before um, our hopefully very when I first... come back from Trinidad, we won't have anything like that has to do with that. So that was right before our very first. How, how long did you get to be in Trinidad? Uh, nine, uh, nine days. So Trinidad for five and then or four or five and then Tobago is where it's on the Caribbean side. So Tobago will actually get in the water for a little bit. Just do some snorkeling. Um, but yeah, so it'll be a bird trip for Doug, but um i'll get to get some hiking in i hope i don't see any frogs with popping babies or who knows what i'll see but i'll let you know you might you keep us posted (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure okay you're gonna be out for nine days that works out good with our schedule because that means the next time that we we sit down and we have our chat with everybody we're gonna get to hear all about 
Yeah, yeah. and I'll uh, yeah, I'm I haven't I've been in the the Caribbean for a while, so it'll be interesting because I know that they have a lot of like sea fans and sponges and other fun things, so I can see some of the species and um and just I'm I'm gonna take my my because uh, I'm such a fish nerd to take all my test kits again and I'll test the water and see what if there's any difference from when in from Indo you know whatever yeah that'd be really cool. That would be really cool. So we need you to like that publish. I know. Those bad boys. I need some time. We could like maybe get like one of a baby to pop off my back so that that could do like maintenance while I um Clone while yourself. I go do write articles. I would do it in a minute. Just yeah. kidding. To have I'm clones. done with the we frog beyond- Yeah, we just needed to pop out of our back <laughs> at this point. <laughs> We're just not even gonna clone. We just needed to spread yeah, out just there. Go do the. Well, I do this. Oh, God, that's awesome. Uh, Well, ladies, I had an excellent time this evening, and um, we did, I think, I had a lot of fun. We got to talk about reef stock and all sorts of fun stuff. We bounced around a little bit. March 2nd, 3rd. Mm -hmm. For those of you, people that uh, don't know that might be listening, uh, March 2nd, 3rd, and and where is it? It'll be in Denver, Colorado. We're going to do it at uh, the same hotel that we've had it at the last previous years. And so um, we actually, the majority of the staff were coming in on Wednesday. And we're going to all be hanging out and doing some filming. Remy's going to come out and we're going to do all sorts of cool stuff and do like some team building uh, thing. So if anybody wants to come out a little earlier and hang out and do some filming, you know, we're going to be uh, hanging out at the studio with Jack. We're going to be doing all sorts of stuff. Mm. Um, so and we'll definitely be lined up to start uh, rolling out to around the reef stock era and then it'll carry us through. So you guys will get to see a lot more like person to person interactions That's between awesome. us. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. Yay. Well, I have we to can... get my, I'll have to plan a little bit longer of a, of a stay then. You, you, yeah, you're gonna you be stuck with me for a couple days. A couple. We of should go days. crash Sarah's work at Butterfly Pavilion. We should. You. We should. We should go do like have Sarah give us like a really neat tour, and then like film it, and then we all just act like little kids, <laughs> just be like, "What's this? What's, What's this?" Wow. But she can only give us the scientific name only when she's telling us. <laughs> yeah, they will just be like. Oh. I feel like there'll be listeners yeah, that we'll would just, just go for that. Uh. <laughs> We should do that. It would be really fun uh, to go to Sarah's, uh, all four of us, and just hang out. And because her facility is so beautiful, I love the, I love the rainforest room where all the butterflies are. It's just, if you are a plant person and you are in Colorado, go to the Butterfly Pavilion. They have giant, giant, beautiful monsteras, and oh, it's just everything, everything. How so far do you think there are from the venue for people that are coming in for it? I believe the Butterfly Pavilion's roughly, I think she's around 30 minutes oh, from it. actually not too bad. Super so, over there, people. Not too mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to Colorado, go stop at the Butterfly Pavilion and definitely say that you want to see Sarah Stevens because she absolutely loves that. She wants everybody. <laughs> you need a personal <laughs> tour by Sarah Stevens. You need a personal tour and you want to hang out with Sarah exclusively. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they had to listen to all our maintenance talk because Sarah and Evie got stuck with our maintenance talk. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the scientific names will be back. 
that's all right. We're going to come back to it. But yeah, well, um, ladies, thank you very much for hanging out. And uh, as always, we will see you all later on the next Reef Therapy Ladies Takeover. See ya. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.